praise the Lord, we're going to turn into God's Word tonight. If you have a Bible, turn over to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24, a very familiar chapter in God's Word. There's a lot of questions in this time, a lot of questions in these last days, a lot of questions that people are asking in these current times, and I believe in everything, if you want to find the answer, that you'll find the answer in God's Word. And we turn to this great chapter tonight, Matthew chapter 24, I'll speak on all these things must come to pass, the beginning of sorrows. Let's pray and ask the Lord to speak to us tonight. If you're watching us and you want to hear from the Lord, I just ask you to pray, just open your heart to Him, and allow Him to speak to you by His Holy Spirit and through His Word tonight. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray, Lord, for your help and for your anointing. We thank you for the songs that we've sang. Thank you for the victory there is in Jesus. Thank you for the sense of your presence. Thank you for your anointing, Lord. We pray in the name of Jesus tonight that you would anoint your word. Lord, that you would speak to our hearts. Lord, we pray for a word in season, a word in the days in which we live. Oh, Father, we thank you. This is a living word. We pray, Lord, that through the foolishness of preaching tonight, that you would indeed, Lord, by your grace, Lord, convict men and women of sin, Lord, and make us ready, give us insight, show us, Lord, by revelation, the days in which we're living. Lord, we pray, make us ready to meet you, for we believe what we're singing tonight, that the King is coming. So, God, tonight, would you undertake for us and bless us and bless your word, and, Lord, we pray you'll be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew chapter 24 and verse 1. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately saying, Tell us, tell us, when shall these things be? What shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? These are questions that are being asked today. These are questions that maybe you're asking at home. What are the signs of the coming and the end of the world? Just like those disciples of the Lord. Jesus gives them an answer. We serve a living God, a God that hears and answers prayer and gives us his answer in the word. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not soon troubled in your mind, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nations shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in different places. Verse 8 says, all these are the beginning of sorrows. Just look at that verse 7 again. Remember the questions of the disciples. When shall these things be? What shall be the sign of your coming and the end of the world? Jesus said, 
nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in different places. All these things, Jesus said, are the beginning of sorrows. You know, in this account, this begins with the disciples. Their intention was to bring the Lord, to show him the splendor of Herod's temple, the second temple in Jerusalem. And from the Mount of Olives, if you gaze over even today to uh, the Temple Mount, the view that they would have experienced at that moment when they led the Lord to this particular spot, to view the wonder, one of the wonders of the world, to view the great temple that Herod had built. It was an awesome building, majestic. Jesus, who the pre-incarnate eternal Son would have dwelt between the cherubims at this place, the glory of God. And here he stands in human flesh as the eternal Son of God, and the disciples are questioning him concerning the splendor of this great building. Now Jesus answers, knowing all things, because he's all-knowing, he is God. Jesus, knowing all things, he said to them, See ye not all these things, what you're looking at. See this temple, that, you're, that you've been overcome by its majesty and its grandness. See these things. Jesus said to them, There shall not be one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. We know that according to the word of God, that every word of the Lord will be fulfilled. Not one word that has been spoken by the Lord, the Bible tells us this, will ever fail. Everything that this book says will be fulfilled. But we know from the history books that in AD 70, the words of the Lord Jesus Christ were fulfilled when Jerusalem and that grand building was pulled down by the Roman Empire. The questions that they asked were, Lord, when he said this, when will this happen? When will these things be? Then they said, and what shall be the sign of your coming? They understood, they knew that there was a second coming of the Lord. And also they understood that there was an end to this world. We see after the destruction of AD 70, as the word of the Lord was fulfilled, the other two questions that they were concerned about was the sign of the coming of the Lord and the end of the world. Now these two questions, I want you to just keep tonight because I believe that people are asking these questions genuinely and sincerely across our world. What is happening in our world? What is going on? What is, what is the indication of this? coronavirus that is spreading across the world, is that an indication of something? Is that a sign of something? And also the question, when is the end of the world? It's interesting that the first response that the Lord gives to them, and this is important because this is what the Lord said, the first thing he said before he tells them what is going to happen, when it will happen, and what will happen, the first thing that the Lord warns them of is this. Take heed that you're not deceived. 
He warns them to be not deceived, not to fall into deception, because he says there, many will come in the name of Jesus and will deceive many. There will be many false teachers, false prophets, false religions, false cults that are claiming to know the way to God. But tonight there's only one way to God, and that way is Jesus Christ. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man, there's no other way, there's no other means of salvation, but through Jesus and Jesus alone. So he warns them first of all, and this is a warning, that there is a deception in the last days. There's a deception at that time, as there will be in the last days. We know that deception primarily is coming from an antichrist world and the devil himself. The Bible describes the devil as the one who is the deceiver. So we know that there's a spiritual deception that's coming that will tell men and women, you're going to be okay. We're going to pull through this. We're coming back stronger. We're going to rise out of the ashes. We're going to be a greater nation than we have before. We all just pull together. It's going to be grand in the end. But friends, I want to tell you what the truth is according to the Word of God. It's not going to get better. We're heading into a day and into an hour when we know that the coming of the Lord is very near and in the context according to God's Word. We realize tonight that we are living in very difficult days but we're about to go into something much deeper beyond what we can imagine. Deception will come. But saints tonight, we must not only recognize the deception. You know, Elijah, and this is a challenge to us all. Elijah, before he brought the false prophets down to slaughter them, the fire from heaven fell. And we need the fire again to fall. It's not enough just to point out the deceivers and the false religions, but the church needs the fire of the Holy Ghost. And so we see Jesus begins to reveal to them the signs of his coming. This is important. I believe people want to know the signs of his coming and the end of the world. There's an answer here. Jesus begins to reveal to them that there's something greater Something of the great purposes of God that was greater than those disciples sitting on the Mount of Olives looking at that temple. Something beyond their comprehension. But in his mercy he began to reveal it not just for them, but for you and I. He began to reveal the eternal purpose of God as he sat in a human frame. God himself, Jesus Christ, began to unfold the eternal purposes of God to mere fishermen, ignorant and unlearned, but his heart was to reveal his eternal purpose. There's a commencement of a particular season on earth. Jesus indicated that will explicitly link the end of the world to a period of sorrows. That word sorrow simply means or is related to the world get in as a word to labor, as a woman would have, have, have go into labor to give birth. There's going to be a time on the world where there'll be a groan, there will be the pangs of the earth as it begins to go into a period that it hasn't experienced before. 
This is a period of time in the earth of great trouble, of great difficulty, not experienced ever before. And it's important to know that we are now in that season. We are not waiting for the beginning of sorrows to begin. We are already entered into that period of the beginning of sorrows. It will be a world that will become, it will, it will experience great turmoil, great pressures. There, there will be great things that happen that haven't been seen before. We have never seen this before. Our eyes have never seen it. Generations have never seen what we're experiencing as this virus sweeps across the world. Fear is everywhere. Men don't know what to do or where to turn. We have never seen. We are now entered into the season that Jesus called the beginning of sorrows. Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 1. This is what he says. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. The suddenness of the coming of the Lord. Like a thief in the night when you're not expecting it. Suddenly Jesus will burst through the clouds to catch his bride away. Just in a moment when you don't think. Just in a moment when men are drinking and marrying and carrying on with life. Suddenly Jesus burst forth like a thief in the night, when men shall say peace and safety. Then, the Bible says, sudden destruction will come upon them. And this is what Paul says, as travail upon a woman with child. The Bible says, this is clearly what the Bible says, at that moment when Christ burst through the clouds, they shall not escape. They shall not escape. But ye, brethren, those that are saved, those that are washed in the blood, those that have given their life to Jesus, we are not in darkness, that that day should overtake us as a thief. Jesus described the, the beginning of sorrows in Matthew 24 and verse 6 and 7 like this. I want you to hear what the beginning of sorrows are explicitly. Ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. Now I believe that we are already in this period. So over the past 10, 15, 20 years we have seen wars and rumors of wars that have spread across the world. The Arab Spring seems a long way off now, but we have seen as it spread all across the Middle East. We have seen it across Europe. We've seen the despair and the despondency. We've entered into a time of great trouble. But Jesus says, don't be troubled by these things. For all these things must come to pass. And he said, the end is not yet. Particularly here the Lord begins to reveal the time or the end time season that he calls the beginning of sorrows. I want you to listen for yourself and you tell me where we are and the days in which we're in. He said nations are going to rise against nations. Now when you look at that word nation in, in the original Greek writing, it's the word ethnos. It simply means, so often we think that's nations as in countries against countries, but actually it's tribal insight. 
What we are witnessing and what we are seeing, we have already seen this. We have seen tribes and people and ethnic religions and ethnic people rise up against one another, even across this world. He said kingdoms, this is the beginning of sorrows, kingdoms will rise against kingdoms. That's realms against realms. They'll rise up against one another. When you see these things, you know that we have entered into the period which the Bible calls the beginning of sorrows. And then you see this triple effect of great catastrophe and great pressure. There will be famines and pestilences and earthquakes. You see this. You'll see a change in this globe. There will be a famines that will spread across the world. There will be disease that we're witnessing presently that will outbreak across the world. There will be earthquakes. I believe there was one today in Croatia. Great earthquakes in the final moments of time in different places. Now, I ask you this question very simply. Are you able to see with your eyes? Are you able to hear with your ears? Are you able to intellectually look at what's happening and see that the Bible is more up to date than tomorrow's newspapers? It reveals to us exactly what has taken place. The birth pangs have begun. The beginning of sorrows is already here. The word of the Lord is being fulfilled. We're on the brink of eternity. Christ is about to come. We need to be ready to meet the Lord. In Revelation chapter 6, if you turn over to Revelation chapter 6 tonight, we're going to show you something. May God help us. I know sometimes when we look at this great chapter and these great uh, chapter, this great book of Revelation, we can find it difficult to understand. But by God's grace, we turn to the word of the Lord and we tie together, we tie together Matthew 24, what we've been looking at. And in Revelation chapter 6, the four horsemen of the apocalypse. You know, it was interesting throughout this week, even locally in our own news. We heard our health minister talking about this particular virus, talking about it being of a biblical proportion, apocalyptic. That's the language that the ministers or government are using, apocalyptic. They're using the words of Scripture to, to, to display the seriousness of our heart. But the Bible, the Bible is so true. God has told us in His Word what will take place. What you find here in Revelation chapter 6 are the four horsemen of the apocalypse. We find here also six of the seven seals that are being opened, or six of the seals, sorry, that will be opened. And this is important because this is a revelation that will come in the last days as God begins to fulfill the prophetic offense according to his word. We see here in verse chapter 6 and verse 1 that John sees a lamb open one of the seeds. Now we know that these seeds are opened supernaturally by the sovereign purposes of God. It is God's prophetic calendar. It is not man's. It is God's purpose. We are working according to the plan of God. We are working to the purposes of God. But for these seals to be opened, if you just turn back for a moment to see it, Revelation chapter 5 tells us about these seals being opened. If you read it, it says from verse 1, I saw in the right hand of him 
It's not on the throne of Book written within, and on the backside sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open, to open the book and loose the seals thereof? No man was in heaven nor on earth, neither on the earth was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not, behold, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. The Lion of the tribe of Judah is none other than Jesus Christ. Him who has overcome the Lamb of God that came into the world, died on the cross for all men, rose again on the third day, ascended into heaven, and he is worthy to open the seals. Now everything is working according to his prophetic word. Revelation chapter 6 then, we see these seals begin to be opened. This is important because we see it contained into Matthew chapter 24. Verse 1 of Revelation 6, And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and heard as it were a noise of thunder. One of the four beasts came and said, And I saw, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him, had a bow, and a crime was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. Many people have different views in this, but when Jesus returned and said to the disciples, when they asked the question, you remember the first thing that he said, Take heed, be not deceived. This first horse represents the deception that will flood the earth in the last days. There will be a flooding of deception, religions, thoughts, spiritualism, every type of Eastern practice, black magic, spiritualism that will flood the world in the last days. This horse has been already loosed upon the earth. There is deception everywhere in every vice. Then it tells us of a red horse. It says, And when he had opened the second seal, I heard the beast say, Come and see. And there was not another horse that was red. And power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth, that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. Nation will rise against nation. Kingdom will rise, you see, the time. Kingdom will rise against kingdom. We have already seen these scenes being opened and the prophetic fulfillment of God's word. The third horse, the black horse in Revelation 6 and 5. I want you to listen carefully tonight because the triple aspect of the beginning of sorrows where there's famines, disease and earthquakes. This black horse comes. Look at Revelation 6 and 5. And when he had opened the third scene, I heard the third beast say, Come and see. And I beheld, and lo, a black horse. I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, I believe that the black horse has been let loose. The seal has been opened. And he that sat upon him had a pair of balances in his hand. And this is what it says. I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts saying, A measure of wheat for a penny. Three measures of barley for a penny. And see that thou hurt not the oil and the wine. This is speaking of famine, of pestilence, and of earthquakes. We are living in the time of the beginning of sorrows. What is about to happen next, brothers and sisters and friends at home? You know, whatever the governments are going to try to do, personally,
I sense in my spirit that behind this whole thing, that there is the working of the Antichrist, there is the working of evil, there is the working of, of, of an Antichrist kingdom that's rising rapidly. We will see the implosion of the economies. We will see them bringing in legislations. And they'll do it for our good, they say. But as they bring in a one world government, as they bring in a control, as they take away our liberties, they'll tell us for our good. But this is the rise of the Antichrist himself. Men will tell us we're all going to be well. Men will tell us we're going to get back on track. Men will tell us we're going to have the football back on. We're going to have everything back in line. And they may try to do that. But brothers and sisters and friends tonight, we're living in the last days and the Bible says that men will wax worse and worse. They'll not get better and better. The Bible tells us that nation will rise against nation, earthquakes, pestilence. We see the great trouble in our world, but men are going to sink deeper and deeper. Evil will prevail. That which is good will be called evil, and that which is evil will be called good. We're plunging deeper and deeper into darkness. We're heading for the second coming of the Lord, and it's time for us to get ready. The seals are being broken. The revelation is coming forth. There's a peel horse, which is a, a culmination of them all. Death and hell followed him. Power was given to him to kill with the sword, with hunger and with death, with the beasts of the earth. This is what the Bible says will happen. Souls of the martyrs, we see another seal, a fifth seal that's open. And under the altar of God, there's the souls of those that have given their lives for the sake of the faith. Men and women down to the generations that have gone to the stake, even in this own country of ours. Men that were burnt alive with their families for the sake of the gospel to give the liberty that we have today. And we have turned that liberty into bondage by turning away from the God that blessed this nation. Families which stand be brought to the stake be burnt alive and the testimony says that they rejoiced and worshipped the Lord. Their cry is waiting. Their cry has gone up onto the throne of Almighty God. And what do they cry? Listen, those that were slain for the word of God, verse 9, and for the testimony which they held, and they cried with a loud voice. Do you know what they say? How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge? and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth. There's a day of vengeance is coming. Revengeance is coming. I will repay, saith the Lord. White robes are given to them, those saints that give their life for the sake of the gospel. Here we see the cry that goes up. These men and women and children that give their lives for the sake of the Lord. And I want to tell you, just that this, this seal that has broke, this fifth seal, then we see verse 12, and I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and this ties in with Revelation chapter 24, it's the same language that's used, and I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth and hair, and the moon became as blood, stars of heaven fall, to the earth, even as a fig tree cast forth her untimely figs, when she is shaken of a mighty wind. 
The Bible then says in verse 14, and then it says, And the heaven departed as a scroll, and it is rolled together every mountain, and all the islands were moved out of their places. The kings, this is what's going to happen, the kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the chief captains, the mighty men, every bond man, every free man, they'll begin to hide themselves in the rocks of the mountain. They'll say to the mountains, fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sits upon the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come. And here's a question. You might have many questions, but here's a question for you. When Jesus comes, who shall be able to stand? Will you be able to stand? How will you stand when he comes? I believe these seals have opened. I believe there's a cry unto the altar of God. I believe that there's an outpouring and a fulfillment of scripture all around us today. You don't have to go just open your front door. You'll see it all around you. Scripture is being fulfilled. The sixth seal and the opening of that seal. And we see the coming of the Lord in all his might and all his power. Bursting through the clouds. It's real. It's going to happen. It's soon and very soon. We're going to see the King. He's coming. And he's coming soon. Are you ready? Who will be able to stand? I want to tell you every person in this room tonight. The only way we can stand. Is because we've given our lives to Jesus. We're washed in the blood of the Lamb. We've repented of our sin. We're saved by the grace of God. We're ready. Even tonight that we used to burst through these clouds. On real days. Strange days. Strange days. But the Bible's told us these days would come. It's the beginning of sorrows. I just encourage you if you're listening at home and you're not saved. Get right with God tonight. Get on your knees tonight. Cry out to God tonight. God make us ready. Because he's coming. And praise the Lord he's coming soon. Are you ready to meet him? And you're ready to meet him. We just plead with you tonight. Turn to Jesus. Give your life to him. Surrender everything to him. Get ready. Look to him. I encourage you to get the book open. Read the Bible. Turn to God's word. He'll speak to you. But the Lord is coming. And he's coming soon. We've entered a time that the Lord has told us of. We should not be shocked or surprised. But we need to be ready to meet him. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we pray, oh God, Father, we realize, Lord, it is not by might nor by power, but by your spirit tonight that a man or a woman and their conscience and their heart would be opened by the power of the Holy Ghost, Lord, to show them their great need of a Savior. Oh God, today we're asking, Lord, that the Holy Spirit would breathe in the hearts and in the lives, in the rooms and in the living rooms tonight, and all bring conviction of sin. Oh God, we're so mindful of the days we're in, the hour that's come, but Lord, we want to be ready. Lord, we want to be ready. Lord, we know the only way we're ready is that we're right with Jesus, that we're born of the Spirit, we turn from our sin. Lord, I pray tonight if there's one that does not know you, that's under the sign of the gospel tonight, that you would save them by your great grace. 
that you would come, Lord, that there be a cry that would come from the heart, Lord, save me. They would tell others. They would tell others that they've given their life to Jesus. Lord, we just thank you for this day, for your goodness, for your mercy, for your long suffering. Pray that the musicians even come, Lord, as we close tonight. Lord, if you would undertake for us at least. Lord, just lift up our hearts to you tonight. Would you undertake? Would you just bless us a friend? In Jesus' name. Amen.